Hello and welcome to This Is A Man's World, She Who Dares Wins podcast. This week my guest is Maria Coulter, an award-winning construction coach, speaker and trainer. Maria is also a non-executive director of the Construction Industry Council in the UK and most recently received the British Empire Medal for her services in diversity and inclusion in the construction industry. Welcome to the podcast, Maria. Thank you so much for an introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wow, you've got you've got a lot um, a lot to talk about, really. So uh, we'll kick it off if you don't mind. Yeah, um, if you could just explain to our listeners how you got into the construction industry. Okay, so um, I was always really very practical at school. So my favourite subject was woodwork, um, and I was one of only two girls in our year to do GCSE woodwork, and. Um, and I thought about potentially sort of becoming a joiner or, you know, a furniture maker or, you know, something practical. And I know it sounds random, but I nearly got a job working in an organ factory, like making church organs. Wow. Because um, I went to school in Durham and um, our woodwork teacher took us on a tour of a um of an organ factory in Durham and I actually played the organ as well I played like a church organ as well so I kind of had this dream in my head oh wow I could make you know I love woodwork I could make church organs and this was like 1988 um and they couldn't give me an apprenticeship because they didn't have any female welfare facilities (laughs) so straight away that got my back up and I was like, this isn't good enough. This isn't fair. Um, and um, and then I was sort of looking through a college prospectus and I saw a picture of a roof truss <laughs> in a college prospectus. <laughs> like, you know, they were clearly sort of like on, you know, looking at, oh, how can we attract the next generation to construction? Let's show them a, a picture of a roof truss. But weirdly, that attracted me. <laughs> it worked. Whoever put the... Um, the 1988 New College Durham prospectus together, they knew what they were doing because they got me on their um, B-Tech in building studies. Um, and then, you know, that was kind of, I went on to to do that course and then I did a, um, some work experience when they were building the, um, the Nissan car factory in Sunderland because uh, people might pick up that I'm from the northeast from, yes, yeah. from this. And I was working in the QS department and that was what um, got me into construction, basically. Wow. Okay. That's a great story. Um, Yeah, that's amazing. So when you became a quantity surveyor and you were out on site, um, were you, you know, were there any, many other women uh, within the company or out on site with you? Do you know what? They actually were. Um, oh, great. Yeah, they were. I mean, you know, we're talking sort of 1988, 99, 1989 here. Um, but yeah, there was like, there was a couple of two or three women actually were working on site um, as QSs and in different roles. And um, yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, on my course, it was, it had been a bit of a challenge at first because I was the only girl. 
but then thankfully another girl sort of came onto the course and um we sort of supported each other but when I was got my experience yeah there was there was women on the site and that was really encouraging yeah that's awesome to hear because you know that question that I normally ask to everyone I presume that the answer is no and normally is the answer you know is no there aren't any women either on the course or then when they go into the job which makes things you know quite difficult so that's lovely to hear Mm. that that was the case for you yeah Um, so then over the years in that job what what challenges did you face um and what did you love about the role as well um I think right from the very beginning I got a buzz about construction and about building stuff and about you know, the feeling that you get when you're kind of involved with the project and you see it kind of, you know, especially if you're involved right from the very beginning when it's just a concept or drawings or or whatever, and then you sort of see it come to life come to life as you progress. Um so that's always really excited me. I think a lot of the challenges that I experienced were probably things that were in my own head as well. Like um you know, I definitely had imposter syndrome in my career. You know, I mean, I remember, um, you know, getting a job as a QS in London and I'd gone from the northeast to London and it was just a different world. Um, and I remember sort of sitting there thinking, any minute now somebody's going to burst through the door and say, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, there's been a big mix up. Yeah, You're not, you're not meant to be here in this grand office in London um and and I've definitely felt the need for you know the pressure on myself to be perfect and you know you're not allowed to make mistakes and and also I guess sometimes as my career progressed and I was getting into project management I kind of felt pressure to be somebody that I wasn't Mm -hmm. you know I felt I felt pressure to kind of like I suppose up my testosterone levels a bit more and yeah. you know you know when you're sort of banging your fist on the table because that's how your voice gets heard or that's how other people's voices get heard like I just I felt like you know I felt under pressure to be somebody that I wasn't and it just didn't sit comfortably with me. Yeah it's it's, it's again it's good to hear you say that um, in a weird kind of way but I felt both those things the the imposter syndrome and then now that I get to speak lots of women that are in the industry um, and I look at my own, not so much behaviour, but well, I suppose, yeah, the behaviour and the way I conduct myself on site till this, you know, in this day and age and, and in this time scale. And I do feel the same that, you know, I have become a little bit more masculine in my manner at work. Mm. and uh, yeah it's it and it's something that I speak to other women about as well and I don't know whether that's just been conditioned from from being the only girl on site for 12 years and and that's my way of dealing with things less so now I think now that I've got a little bit older I think I'm I'm shying away from that and learning to be you know myself Mm. Um, but yeah no that's that is it's really interesting thanks for for sharing your honesty on that and so then, so after your your time there, how did you get to where you are now, which is, um, you know, becoming a speaker and, and helping others? Yeah, so like getting into the whole coaching side of things, um, I think it was, the catalyst was probably the recession. Um, I think the recession, it was a really tough time, obviously, for everyone in the industry. And I think 
it brought out a lot of negativity in people. You know, there was a lot of fear. Um, and that was reflecting in people's behaviors. And I felt like people weren't being valued the way they should be. There was a lot of fear. Um, you know, I would see people kind of like getting shouted at on site and all sorts of things like that. I just saw like bad behavior and I just thought, you know, we've got to, we've got to do better than this. You know, this isn't how you get the best out of your people. Um, and I was just feeling a little bit lost, I think, in my career. And I started having coaching myself. So I sort of did that independently. Right. I was having a few sort of light bulb moments and really kind of getting to understand like who I was mm-hmm. and, you know, what my values were and, um, you know, doing a lot of sort of inward looking and reflection. And and also um, I was I was exploring like spirituality a lot more. And I was like, you know, I'd, I'd been, I'd had depression um, sort of back in uh, the early 2000s. I had depression um, and I was sort of exploring um, alternative therapies and things like that um, to, uh, as a way of like helping me through my depression. Um, and I just kind of opened up a different world. And more and more, I was kind of struggling to reconcile the, you know, the corporate world that I was in that I loved, but also, I suppose, getting more into the spiritual side of things and, you know, really kind of getting deep into, you know, who I was and, and what I wanted for the future. Um, so I had coaching myself and then I made the decision to train as a coach. And for me, that was like the perfect solution because it meant that it was like the bridge, I guess, between, you know, I suppose the spiritual side of of me that I was exploring but then also um loving being in construction and wanting to do something positive in the industry and that was kind of what led me to to train as a coach and then um give up my job and be a coach oh wonderful and I imagine that you now get to meet lots of wonderful people and must be so nice to be able to help others yeah it is it really is and you know what Michelle today my business is five so I've been in business for five years today. Wow, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Oh wow. So so what do we feel like another another good 20 years in it? Or oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's just the it, I'd say it's just the start, but that's that's absolutely incredible to come from. I mean, I know how hard it was in the UK with the recession. Mm. I was a um was still in construction but in this weird kind of area that kept going when I was working on landfill so I didn't really feel the full brunt of it mm. um but I can imagine that was a tough time to go through and then to to have the business that you've got now and thrive that's that's incredible yeah, yeah. I want to touch briefly on um so that you help people with coaching um now, a big, I suppose, bug burner of mine is I speak to lots of women. I've done, you know, school events and I, I really want the next generation of women to come into the industry. And I love construction, much like yourself. I'm so passionate about it. But I'm also, um, I've also been telling like my true story via social media. And it's because I feel like as well as trying to get women into the industry, we need to change the culture yeah because I've experienced so much over 12 years and it has been a rough ride it's been incredible but a rough ride and I'm I'm passionate about 
exposing that in a good way so that we can kind of talk to the people that are running these businesses and also the girls that come in and say look these are the kind of things that you're going to come across and for me there needs to be you know there hasn't been enough culture shift so my one of my guests in this um podcast series was barbara rez who oh was, yeah yeah was donald trump's um head of construction in the 80s and when i chatting with her I think I kind of came to the realization and she did as well that it actually hasn't changed much since she was in the industry Mm. it's getting there and we are doing more and it is uber positive but but still the culture on site is very much the same and a lot of things I was looking through your your LinkedIn and on your website and a lot of the issues that you help people with um you know are things that I've come across and have, I suppose, just found my way. I've never actually reached out for coaching. Uh, it's probably something that I should have done earlier on in my career. My, would have perhaps helped me a lot. Um, but do you feel the same? Um, do you feel like, you know, you can go in and you can help the individual, but also uh, that we need a bit of a culture change and a culture shift? Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, so I work with individuals, but I also work with, you know, organisations. And I work a lot with um, SMEs and micro-businesses. Um, you know, because they are at the backbone of our industry, essentially. Um, and a lot of it is to do with um with mindset and things like that. And and also, what I'm finding is, you know, as an industry, if we do really want to get this culture change, we've got to be able to be ourselves. Yeah. So, um, like I've been delivering fairness, inclusion, and respect training. Uh, on behalf of the supply chain school and that's been really insightful because I'm going into big sort of contracting organizations but their supply networks there as well and these are like the SMEs and and sometimes you know the 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 micro businesses as well but just getting them to think about um you know the challenges that we've got in the industry about uh attracting the the next generation how we are sort of fishing from a very very narrow pool um Mm -hmm right now but also the importance of you know the culture change that's needed to attract the next generation which is all about the fairness the inclusion the respect about acknowledging that everybody's different and that and that you you need to find a way to be yourself you know there's yeah I've been doing a lot of um I suppose reading and understanding about like the masks that men feel that, that they have to wear on a daily basis. Like they feel that they've, they've got to be tough and they can't sort of show their emotions and um, they have to act a certain way. And, and I think, you know, I think we need to sort of be doing a lot to help them sort of like be themselves and um, so that they can have like open and honest conversations with each other and, you know, start to, create a different vibe I guess yeah I I mean I would absolutely love that to happen I think yeah you've you've hit the nail on the head there because there are so many guys I work with um that in certain situations when they talk to me at work it's very natural and you know there's there's no airs nor graces but at the same point they're not being disrespectful to me and then that same person in a cabin you know a canteen at lunchtime almost sometimes can become someone else mm. and and you're kind of shocked and you know they think it's acceptable and I guess it takes that a little bit back to you know the school mentality when you're yeah. kids you know and and you know what like I just admitted at the start of this podcast 
I've changed the way that I am in, you know, in meetings and working around guys. I don't know whether that's kind of survival instinct, but I'm, I'm, yeah, you're right. It kind of, the same issues do relate to guys on site. And by all of us being aware of it and all of being able to change it, then it just makes for a, for a better working environment for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of really good research out there, like, um, there's, there's a brilliant book I read um, a few years ago called Reinventing Organisations by Frederick Laloux. And he's done a lot of research into, um, you know, um, the, the fact that if you can start to be yourself in the workplace, it's a complete game changer when it comes to like productivity. And, you know, there's there's a lot of talk in our industry about the need to improve productivity. And they're looking at how they can do it from a technology point of view. But we've got to look at how we can do it from a people point of view, you know, and it's about, you know, what do you need to do and, and what environment do you need to create to be able to get the best out of your people? That's what's really going to impact on on progress productivity you know it's all about people yeah I mean you yeah on a construction site there's so many people and so many different types of personalities Mm. Uh, again I think it's something I covered in another podcast and we discussed personality types and uh, the roles that different people can play within construction it's not just you know a burly builder throwing around bricks there's so many roles and so many different career routes that take lots of different personalities to mm-hmm. to, to build a site and, and construct something so yeah. yeah it's it's a very interesting subject um I would like to briefly um just touch on one of the areas that you focus on with helping uh, people is building confidence at work mm. and this one's quite important to me because I often get asked by um, lots of people who follow me on social media and girls looking to get into the industry or those that are already in the industry that are perhaps um, quite new and young, you know, how do you be confident at work when you're the minority on site and you don't necessarily know everything? And I always try and give some, some, some of my own tips. But to be honest with you, I think confidence is something that I've learned, you know, over the last you know, 10 to 15 years. From your perspective, is there any you know do you have any tips or what what are the kind of things that you would run through with someone um regarding having confidence in construction specifically I think um I think it's about it's about understanding your role but also thinking about the fact you know have you been really set up to succeed in that role like do you have all of the information like are you getting sort of regular um sort of you know are you you having regular meetings with your your line manager like are you building a good relationship like do you feel that you can talk to them that you can be honest about how you're feeling but also um like what limited beliefs are you telling yourself like what assumptions are you making about um you know about a situation and I think this is where coaching is really good because if you're asking open questions you can really get to the bottom of um, like why somebody might be feeling a certain way um, and what sort of limited belief that they might be telling themselves that might be based on something that happened to them a long time ago that might be impacting on their confidence now. And it just isn't really relevant. Like there might be stuff that, you know, you could be carrying around from years ago that, you know, is still kind of replaying itself in your mind and it's just not relevant anymore. Um and sometimes you just need to 
get some help in recognizing that um recognizing what you do need to take on board and recognizing like what you're just telling yourself that's just not true um and I think it can help to sort of unpick that and, and that can help to sort of build your confidence but also I think we don't give ourselves enough acknowledgement as to all of the achievements that we have done and, and how far we have come. Um, and there's a great exercise that I learned when I was doing my coaching course that I've done with my clients, which is, um, it's a timeline, but I've kind of likened it to a Hollywood walk of fame. So if you kind of rewind all the way back and you think, right, okay, what was the first kind of significant you know, role or something that happened in my life or career, like what, you know, what was I doing? What did I get out of it? What did I learn? And then if you then take a step forward, right, okay, so what was the next significant, you know, moment that I want to think about? You know, what was my success? What was I achieving? What was I doing? And then you start to kind of like build up a picture of your past, but you kind of remembering all of the tools and knowledge and things and achievements that you've you've done over the years and it's almost like you're attracting them to you again like a magnet okay and it's sort of it's a good exercise to sort of help you build your resilience like if you if you've got a piece of paper that really kind of acknowledges all your achievements and and you remind yourself on a regular basis like me for example I was asked you know I, I get wobbles everybody gets wobbles in confidence like the other day I was looking at my CV I was like you have to do all right really <laughs> you know like when you because you've got you know everybody's got their own negative self-talk going on in their heads and I think sometimes yeah. it can really help to remind us like we're good you know we've done some good things here let's remember that and pat ourselves on the back yeah a little bit of um self-appreciation and would you say um I mean I'd love to do it I, I've got a million notebooks and each one has a small amount of scribbles in each but does does journal writing help in that yeah process? yeah definitely definitely like yeah I mean I try and journal every day to be honest and I'm I'm kind of combining that with meditation as well like I'm trying to meditate every day and just kind of you know write down what comes into my head and um work through any sort of challenges that I've got uh yeah I mean I would definitely recommend journaling as a way of just like getting rid of stuff that's in your head and getting it down on paper yeah and for the um there's a young girl that I spoke to recently at a big construction event and I think her confidence had really been knocked by the usual which is um when you're on site as a female you have to kind of prove yourself much more than some of the guys uh, in in you know we feel that anyway mm. um whether that's in our head or whether that is actually the situation and I you know I was chatting to her and she's like you know and I don't have the experience but I you know I'm a project manager and I suppose it is difficult for someone that young to realize you know actually even an achievement is going to university and putting a foot on that site it takes a lot to say I'm going to take up a career in a male-dominated environment and even just to get yourself on site is a massive achievement so is it also about celebrating the little wins absolutely totally I mean yeah you know just getting there in the first place and being brave enough to pursue a career um 
in that way I think is really good but also from a confidence point of view like I think sometimes it helps to to take a step back and take the emotion out of the situation Mm -hmm. um and I suppose if you think about you compared to you know if we're thinking about equality like you know what is expected of our male counterparts at that level Mm -hmm. like you know from a practical point of view again like how have you been set up to succeed in your role like has it been very clear what your um your roles and responsibilities are what the competencies are that you need to be achieving like has has that been gone through with your um supervisor are you clear sort of where you fit in in the organization um you know like just things like that kind of I suppose companies really need to work to get the right performance out of people and you know they need to make it clear what they want and how that person fits in and what their requirements are rather than just kind of letting them drift on and then picking them up on something when they failed or they've they've made a mistake you know you've got to companies have got to be better than that yeah and I think I see a lot of girls now especially the younger ones that are working at um, some of the larger companies in the UK and they do feel supported and they do have such a great manager I mean I've I've worked in with teams of engineers and the jobs where I've really flourished are the ones where I've had either a more senior engineer or another engineer who's become a really close friend and you know it's it's boosted my confidence I've learned so much from them and they're probably what's kept me you know kept me going in the industry for the last uh, 12 years and when I see other girls that are supported in the same way I think yeah these you know these companies are doing the right thing whether that's just one individual say it be a manager um it has a massive impact and mm-hmm. I'm hoping and I'm guessing like myself that those girls can then stay on in the industry because you know if they have children or a family if you feel supported wanted and needed in a job you're going to go back into the industry you're not going to feel disheartened and leave mm-hmm. um which is you know what I do hear I, I also hear the other side of that lots of girls um that have got out of the industry because you know after 10 years it you know, a lot of negativity, um, feeling in a lull or just getting generally disheartened by culture on site. There is a breaking point. I mean, I've certainly been there where, you know, I've come away from site and I've said to my husband, you know, I'm not going back. I'm not doing this again. Um, but it is slowly changing. And I think the likes of yourselves that are helping with this and going into companies and talking about it. And I think companies, I mean, you'd know better than me that they're, they're a bit more open to this discussion. Yeah. They are definitely and and I think you know sometimes when you reflect back and you look at um if people aren't being managed very well then quite often the person that's managing them haven't ever been given any management training like we're great in our industry of promoting people based on their technical abilities but not necessarily then giving them training as to how to like manage other people and get the best out of people um and I know that you know a big sort of thing in our industry is you know if we do go into recession and we have done in the past is um you know clamping down on the training and development side of things but you know you've got to keep that going you've got to keep investing in your people um you know so that they can sort of progress and and get the best out of other people as well yeah no completely and um I feel like because I've got a pro a pro on the podcast <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna rinse you for all your resources oh, yeah. um, 
Come on. No, just uh, talking of, yeah, it's like a, a, three, a free therapy session. I wish I'd known you years ago. Um, <laughs> so emotion, it's a big one. And again, when I meet other women and we start talking, emotions get high because we talk about certain experiences that have happened to us and things that have been said. Um, and, you know, every one of us kind of starts there go, yep, I've had the crying in the portaloo on site um, <laughs> or, or, you know, the, the walking off site and saying I'm never coming back and things. And, and we often look at ourselves and think, you know, are we just an emotional breed? Is, you know, are we too emotional to work on site? And then a lot of us start discussing it further and we realise that actually it's just, like you said earlier, control, being able to control your emotions. Um, but not becoming, like, wooden and completely throwing emotion out the window because I think you do still need that within a working environment. But... I have had a few women over the years ask me, you know, am I too am I too emotional to work in the industry? Uh, what would you say if, if someone asked you that? And and do, do you have any advice for coping with emotions when you know someone has said, you know, Dave on a Monday morning has come in and said, you know, your ass looks big in a pair of jeans or whatever, <laughs> being non politically correct, but this is this is the construction industry. God, I'd be something in one and probably be up for. Um some sort of reprimand or whatever um so it's interesting because um I actually had a man cry like in one of my sessions once I was delivering um I was delivering leadership and management training it was a one-to-one session and um and I was doing like a coach I was it was a bit of an introduction to coaching and I said I was something that you know, a scenario that you wouldn't mind being coached on. And we started having a conversation and he broke down right. and he'd totally been sort of like carrying like all of, you know, there'd been stuff happening with him personally that he just hadn't shared with anybody. Yeah. And it just like bottled it up so much that it just like came out. And, you know, I think it was like a massive release, but he, he'd never sort of, um, he'd never allowed himself to experience that emotion. And I think, you know, that is the difference between men and women. I think, you know, I know I'm being generic here, but men, I think, do generally feel that they need to sort of suck it up. And women in the moment will let it out. And I mean, I've been there. Like, I remember, um, you know, being in tears, hiding behind my fringe at my desk and going off to the toilet and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I guess it's it's a way of releasing, you know, like we release that emotion. We'll, we won't bottle it up. We'll, we'll deal with it. We'll release it. And then I think it's a case of, okay, so let's look at the cold, hard facts here. What is really going on? And I think that's where it's good to explore um, things like, you know, limited beliefs, like patterns that you might have that just keep coming up, like stuff that you need to clear yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're getting emotional about stuff, it might be stuff that you need to clear out. But I think you know however you need to release that emotion I think it's important to do it but then I think it's important to to step back and say right let's look at the cold hard facts here what is actually going on um just to try and sort of get to the bottom of it in when you're out of that emotion if that makes sense yeah completely I think that's one of the coping skills that um has taken me probably the longest to get over my career Mm. um you know not being too hot-headed in the situation and I'm a pretty relaxed person but um 
you know, when tensions are high and different, you know, mixed personalities meet and there's a disagreement, then things are said. Um, but I'd definitely be, you know, I've taken on board what you what you've said, and it is interesting in, in perhaps looking more within yourself and stopping and asking questions about mm. you know your surroundings, the situation, but also your personal feelings. And yeah, I have actually also seen a grown man cry in a meeting, um, and rather than there being like you know a punch up fight, there was a breakdown uh, on his part. And mm. yeah, it's, it's something you very rarely see. Um, and yeah, it was it was heartbreaking to be honest that someone doesn't feel like they can, you know, express their feelings, and it must have been hemped up for for possibly months, years, mm. uh, and then to all come flooding out. And you just think it doesn't even need to get to that. If if commu- I think communication is a, is a key one, mm, definitely. Um, yeah, so that that is that is super interesting. Well, that's that's amazing bit of advice. Howdy folks, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. And if you did want to support the podcast, then you may consider heading over to a Patreon account where for less than the price of a coffee a month, you can get yourself some extra goodies from this super, super podcast. And you will also be supporting the podcast for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Okay, now let's get back to you because I want to talk about um, your current, uh, the medal that you got this week. Was it the BEM medal? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was the twentieth of September. I got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I had to Google it, um, but yeah, can you tell us what it is and um, how you found out that you were going to be awarded it and what it means to you? So yeah, it's, so it's a British Empire medal and. Um, it's awarded for people who've sort of demonstrated, you know, they're um, giving back to the community and the work that they're doing and um, sort of making a difference, basically. Um, and I was nominated for it. I don't know officially who nominated me because you can't find out. Um, I got a letter in the post that was stamped with the Cabinet Office back in May. And I thought, because I'd been asked to be um, part of a parliamentary commission about how we get more women into construction, yeah. I thought it was a letter about that. So when I read it, I was in shock. I was in that, like you, I was like a British Empire medal. And I was like, well, and looking into all of that and then reading through, you know, you've been awarded it for, for services to diversity and inclusion in the construction industry. And I was just absolutely gobsmacked and I was I was quite emotional. Um, I rang up my husband and said I was in a state of shock. I think he thought that somebody in my family had died. <laughs> and then I <laughs> explained to him that I'd been awarded a British Empire medal. And I think then he was a bit gobsmacked. Um, officially, I wasn't meant to tell anybody. And I didn't really. But I did tell my mum and dad. Um, uh-huh. Dad was, he, he was shocked. And yeah, I mean, you know, it was very, very unexpected. Um, but, you know, when you get the medal, so it was in a, a local ceremony because um, I live in, in Leicestershire and the, the Lord Lieutenant of, Le- of Leicestershire, you, know, you have a ceremony um, with that person, with him. And 
uh, and then they read out the citation as to you know why you were nominated and it was for the work that I've been doing with businesses and you know getting people to be themselves and around mental health and mm-hmm. diversity inclusion like that whole sort of agenda um and it was yeah it was an emotional time sort of getting it because you know you just like for me I don't know it sounds a bit cheesy but I kind of feel like what I'm doing is a mission like I feel like yeah. it's it's not a job it's a mission and yeah. that's what's like driven me forwards to do what I do and um and you know I think to sort of and it can be a lonely place sometimes when you're in business on your own yeah. as well um and I think to get acknowledgement for the work that I've done was just brilliant so amazing well congratulations thank you and talking about the the togetherness that brings us nicely on to um tribe yeah uh so yeah if you can just describe to us what tribe is and and what your um goal is for tribe okay so um so tribe stands for together representing and influencing the built environment and i'm basically wanting to bring everyone together to um to talk about you know the challenges that we've got in industry but also you know find out what good things that people are doing already and how can we learn from each other um and also i guess the themes in tribe are um driven by what i know the challenges are in the industry because i kind of feel like over the past five years i've been you know building up loads of knowledge and facts and and information about the industry and and commonalities that a lot of people wouldn't be aware of because Mm -hmm. there's so much competition so I kind of feel like I've had a massive bird's eye view of the industry and I understand what like the key challenges are but also I you know I feel like I've got some insights as to what we can do about them um and so every month has got a different theme so I launched it in August so the first theme for August was all about mindset so getting people to think about you know their own mindset what do they want what are their values what's their vision personally for either their business or their career like what do they feel like their purpose is um you know getting them to sort of ask themselves some big questions and also thinking about the work-life balance thing as well like do they feel balanced within in themselves are there any areas where they need to you know focus where they feel a bit out of kilter mm-hmm. um and then September's been looking at, you know, how do we attract the next generation into our industry? So, and I've been, what I do is I get sort of guest speakers and guest people, some from outside the industry, um, to talk about what they're doing and their experiences and how we can learn from them and do things differently. Um, so, you know, the, what I do is get somebody different in every week to talk about, you know, to talk about that particular theme. So last week on the theme of attracting the next generation, I talked to um, Laura Jane Rowling, who's the um, the CEO of Youth Employment Limited. And she was talking about the work she does with young people and about how um, companies can become sort of youth-friendly employers. And also the big light bulb moment that I had was the realisation that, you know, we Young people, a lot of the time, don't even know where we, we exist. Like they're not <laughs> considering a career in construction, and we've got yeah. great resources. You know, yeah. you've got like the CITB, you've got Go Construct, you've got some brilliant resources out there that tell young people or designed to tell young people what a career in construction is about. Yeah. 
But if they're not even considering a career in construction, they won't even look. Yeah. So we've got to hit them like at a different point so that we're actually starting to to get them to think about that. So, you know, it's tribe is about sort of bringing people together, but expanding sort of mindsets as well. And I think it's a great, I'm guessing it's a resource and an area where people can go so that you, so you help people by going into companies and providing coaching, but also tribe sounds to me like something that, you know, as a freelance engineer, I could log on and yes. I could read about and, and, and something that, you know, it, there's no pressure and I haven't got to try and finance coaching or, or if I don't have a structure within the company that I work for, which is at the moment, it's just myself. But mm-hmm. if I worked for a small company and there wasn't a department that was kind of interested or had anything set up to help me, try somewhere that you can go and, and learn effectively and you're helping others like like through sharing stories, similar in the way that I'm kind of trying to do with this podcast. Yeah. And, and it's so helpful. And I think the more information that's out there, you know, the less time girls, you know, and guys are going to find and young people are going to spend, you know, asking people on social media, which is a great way of doing it. But also if there's a resource there, it's it's perfect because you can always, oh, you know, I'm interested in this. And, and it sounds by the, you know, by the sounds of things that there's going to be a lot of content there yeah there is a lot of content i mean it's it is actually on facebook at the moment so it's a closed facebook group but anybody can join um and you know i want people to sort of like interact with each other and if they've got questions to ask them and you know share their experiences and you know talk about the the content that's been put up there and i'm trying to put inspirational stuff up there as well mm-hmm. like um you know like inspirational ted talks and all sorts of things like that just to um you know to help people think differently basically that's a fantastic um yeah, it's a fantastic thing that you started there, and I look forward to seeing where that goes in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, for anyone that's listening that's interested in tribal or anything that Maria's talked about, I will be putting links in the show notes. Um, and finally, can you run me through uh, the work that you do for the Construction Industry Council? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know much about the Construction Industry Council, um, it is a membership it's a not-for-profit membership organization and some of the key members memberships in the construction industry in the built environment are members so for example the royal institution of chartered surveyors the royal institution of british architects um the chartered institute building they are members of the uh the cic and their kind of strap line is built environment professions together so it's about bringing the professions together to collaborate on you know key challenges that we've got in our industry things like you know what's they're doing a lot of work around Grenfell um you know feeding into the inquiry looking at the industry changes that are needed um following the Dame Judith Hackett report um you know they're part of the industry response group and um, they are running conferences and all sorts of things like that. So there's a lot of work happening there. Um, I'm a non-executive director for them. So I sit on their board and also I chair their diversity and inclusion panel as well. Um, so, and, you know, these are both uh, sort of voluntary roles and, you know, it, it's brilliant for me to to be involved because I get to know what's happening at a high level in the industry. And I feel like I'm getting a voice 
in the industry as well to make a difference, which yeah. is really, really good. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the more people you get in front of and the people that are in a position to change things helps. Um, it sounds like you're, you're well on the way with that. So that is fantastic. Yeah. Okay, finally, I'm going to put you on. Um, so I don't want to take too much of your time, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the, uh, the final question. If you have got in front of you um, a lot of, uh, in, uh, in, let me get my words out. If you have in front of you a audience of young people who wouldn't necessarily have considered the construction industry as a career, but you kind of have 20 seconds with them, maybe a little bit more to, to I guess, uh, what am I trying to say here? Come on, Michelle, you can do it. Let me start this question again because I've waffled. <laughs> so if you have in front of you uh, a lot of impressionable young, uh, I'm going to say teenagers, mm-hmm. and they haven't necessarily considered a career in construction, but they might be thinking about it, what would you say to them? Um, so I would say to them, like, you know, look around you, look at the environment that you're in. Um, do you like it? Uh, do you feel like it's been designed for you? Um, you know, get them to think about the fact that they are part of the built environment. Um, there's a, I don't know if you know Catherine Lennon Johnson from Built Environment Skills in Schools. Like she did a brilliant TED talk about, um, the importance of the built environment she does a lot of work with young people mm-hmm. and I think I would um you know sort of it, it quote her almost and say you know as young people we need them to be part of the conversation we need them to be telling us like what do they want what do they you know what environments do they want and then talk to them about how they can then get involved in designing them so it's like you know we need people who are gonna um design these buildings we need people who are going to decide how the space is used we need people who have got gaming technology to um think about like the three-dimensional side of things and like just uh, just i guess um talking to them about the importance of the built environment and the part that they can play and the buzz that they will get out of it and the fact that every day is different and um you know it's it is like it is an amazing career so I guess that's the kind of thing I'd be saying. Wonderful. And I think I think there you're right, you've hit on it, the fact that if you do speak to the majority of people that do work within the industry, myself included, it provides a fantastic career and it's exciting, it's challenging, it is hard, but, you know, it is incredible and you get to look back at projects that you've helped build and know that you've been part of that team. Um so it's exciting times. I think it's exciting at the UK at the moment because things seem to be, well, there have been for the last couple of years, booming in the industry. And there's lots of super exciting projects going on. Yeah, definitely. So um, I look forward to seeing all these positive changes and, and the next generation. I hope that in, you know, 20 or 30 years time that we do have an inclusive environment and there are lots of different people on site. And, uh, yeah, I really look forward to, to seeing where things go and, and following your journey as well, Maria. You're doing some amazing things. Um, yeah, five years in, you've already got this far. I think the future is going to be amazing um, and you're going to help uh, change cultures, but also help support a lot of people in the industry, which is incredible. Oh, thank you. But the same to you, like you're doing amazing work as well. 
you know, and you're helping to sort of break down the barriers. And I love your Insta stories. You're really kind of honest. And, you know, what you've achieved, I think, is brilliant. So same to you. Uh, we're in it we're in it together and I think yeah that's a good thing as well is that we all support each other everyone's trying to do their bit and mm. yeah together we'll make a difference absolutely oh it's brilliant thank you so much for um coming on the podcast I really thank enjoy you. you as a guest and Me too. yeah for everyone that's listening I will like I say put um Marie's information down and please go and connect with her um and yeah thank you so much Awesome. Thank you. Have a super rest of the end of the day. And I'll stop the recording here. But uh, where are you based in Leicestershire? I am, yeah. Ah, because my husband's, we spend a lot of time in Leicester. My husband's from Leicester. Oh, is he? Yeah, and I'm from Birmingham. So we Mm. actually ended up in Leeds through um, his work. Yeah. Um, So are you you Leicester or are you Nottingham or are you? Um, I'm Vale of Beaver. So live in the countryside, sort of on the way to Melton Mowbray. Ah, um, yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. Nice, small but, world. Yeah, exactly. I could tell that you were from the Birmingham way event initially, though. Yeah, I've, I tried to beat the accent, but it comes back. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's nice. You I think, I'm just Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. I do I do miss it. Um, and there's lots of, my brother's actually an engineer as well, and he's he's currently on HS2, and there's lots of ah. big, big projects going on there. So it's, yeah. yeah, there's lots of exciting things happening, but it's good up north as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for that. Hopefully that was all right. <laughs> that was amazing. No, honestly, I think you've provided, like, yeah, just really, and I love speaking to so many different people, but I really wanted to chat to you because you are actually like helping people. So I know your advice you know and and you could give some insight to people that and and answer some of the questions that I get asked constantly like I have so many emails from from girls and they're like you know how do I build my confidence and how do I do this and 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 they obviously don't have that internal support within a company which is such a shame but I say that I I didn't have it at all but um knowing that there are people like you doing things like Tribe is so good and and it's good for me to expose that to my listeners so that you know, they can find some useful information and not just, you know, because my experience is my experience. It's not necessarily, and it goes with my advice, it's not necessarily right. It's just based upon me and, and how I've kind of survived. Um, so, yeah, that's why I wanted to chat to you. And, yeah, they're going to get so much from it. I really appreciate it. Oh, good. Thank you. Well, keep in touch and I yeah. will let you know when it's ready to go up and um give you you know first listen then i'll provide you with some social media bits and pieces yeah and um yeah i look forward to to watch where you go in and yeah keep in touch and i'm no doubt at some point we'll probably have uh, uh, past or cross on um events etc oh yeah i'm sure uh so yeah awesome thank you brilliant thank you very much all right take care okay you too see ya thanks maria bye-bye bye Once again, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast, folks. Your support means everything. Don't forget to check out the show notes and I'll be back next week.